Hey everyone, welcome to the Within Her Soul podcast. I'm Jordan. And I'm Sydney. And we are two Jesus-loving women who have a lot to say about living as Christians in this modern day world. We deep dive into tough to talk about topics that we know you're battling with. We expose all things relationships, soul care, sex, healing from your past, and more. We give practical advice in these areas, but also share comedic stories of our own lessons learned and normalize what being a Christian woman in today's society is really like. So buckle up, friend. It's going to get real, real quick. Hey there. Welcome back to the Within Her Soul podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us again this week. I'm so excited for this topic because this is just such a fun topic to talk about. We're talking all about engagement today, getting engaged, kind of what that looks like. We feel like we've covered so many different areas of like relationships and dating and singleness and marriage in other episodes, but we've yet to actually talk about being engaged and like what that looks like and, you know, what to expect. And, you know, I feel like We look forward to getting engaged like our whole life. And it is such an awesome and fun process. But there's also some things that will kind of happen and some some adjustments that you'll have to make while you're engaged as you're preparing for marriage that we just want to make sure that you're prepared for all good things, all good things, but also some challenging things and things that are going to grow and stretch you and your fiance. And so we just kind of wanted to get this episode out there for any women who are hoping to be engaged soon, or maybe you are engaged. And Jordan actually recently got engaged. I've was engaged a couple of years ago. I've been married for over two years now. So it's kind of a recent thing for me as well. So I think we have quite a bit of insight on this. Yeah, I definitely am so excited about this because I mean, every girl dreams about the day they get engaged and getting married. And I do think we have a kind of twisted version of marriage in just today's society anyways. And so getting engaged was like such a, I don't even know how to explain it. I just remember being so happy and like, but people really don't talk about the engagement season, whether it's super long for you or super short. Like there's a lot that goes on in that time period. And I think sometimes you expect that it'll just all be rainbows and unicorns and you'll just be on this high for this long period of time. And if I'm being really honest, me and Corey have had like the hardest conversations in this season, but like, man, and just like Sid said, it's all great things. And I don't want this episode to turn into like, oh my goodness, I don't know if, you know, but it is such amazing things, but you, you will grow so much deeper and closer to your fiance, you know, your future husband during this season. And no one really talks about that. You know, you just kind of think, oh, it's just wedding planning and bliss and all that is still there. It's so fun. Oh my gosh. Wedding planning is such a blast. I love it. But yeah, you, you don't really hear about things that you now have to talk about and go through and the emotions behind it. And like, there's just so much, there's so much behind this engagement season that I did not expect. And I definitely am excited to share this because I do think if you are engaged, one, you will Maybe you feel like you're not alone if you have been feeling these things. But also, if you're not engaged yet, you at least know what to expect. And everyone has different experiences. But this will definitely be a little insight on mine, at least. But Yeah, for sure. And it's so funny. You made me think of at um, one point when we were engaged, like we, John and I had first gotten engaged, his mom, like I specifically remember her like looking at me because we had never been in a fight. Never been in a single fight the whole time we were dating, whatever. And her or his mom looks at me and she's like, y'all are going to get in a fight eventually. Like one of you is going to say something that makes the other one mad and you're going to get a fight, get in a fight. And I remember thinking to myself, yeah, right. Like she just, you know, she just has to say that, whatever. Like, yeah. 
that's not going to happen to us. And I was wrong. And it's not to say that like, you're going to start fighting all the time when you're engaged or you're going to fight all the time in your marriage or whatever. But I do think it's important that we normalize not always getting along and normalize arguing with your fiance or your spouse, because when these things happen, I don't want you to sit there and start second guessing. Oh my gosh, did I pick the wrong person? Like, yeah, like all those things, because the enemy will try to make you. And I feel like I don't want to give him any credit, but like he'll try to twist things in your head because he doesn't want you to get married. Like marriage is a God covenant and yeah. one of the biggest blessings. And you can do so much more together and for the kingdom than you can apart. And so you've got to remember in those times, like this is normal. We are two human beings that live in a fallen world and we're both sinful. And ultimately, like at our core, human, we humans are selfish, you know, and yeah. so things are going to happen. You're going to disagree, but you have to know that the longer you're in this thing together, this thing, you know, marriage life, you are going to learn to <laughs> fight better, I guess. Like, I hate to even put it that way, but like, you're going to learn how to argue in a healthy way that actually makes you better. And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just going to say, like, I remember laughing when she said that and being like, yeah, right. We're never going get to get in a fight. And then when we were engaged, we got in our very first fight. Because it was like right around the time that we were trying to buy a house. I remember we were moving me out of my old house and it was just so much stress. It was actually in the middle of COVID, like quarantine had just started. If you didn't know this, I got married in the middle of quarantine in our backyard in the house that we had just bought. Anyway, that's another story, but it was just so much stress and pressure. And we got into our first fight and it was like <laughs> the most like crazy thing because I remember being like, John, she what was is right. Huh? Yes. Yes. She was right. And I was like, I specifically remember saying, John, this is not us. We don't do this. <laughs> Cause I was so not used to it and just yeah. thinking like, Oh my gosh, what is going on? And like, I'll just be honest. Like, I don't think he would care that I say this. Like when we were engaged, that was some of the first times I really got annoyed with him because you're having to make so many big decisions together. And like, yeah. We're looking at houses and stuff. No, we and need to talk we, about this, especially for the independent hmm? women out there. If oh. you are independent and you're used to doing things on your own, I, I we'll get to that in a little bit, but it is a real feeling when you're like, mm -hmm. I now have to run things by somebody else. I now have to have someone else's opinions. Your our first instinct is just to be annoyed, even though they're not maybe yeah. even doing anything wrong. You just yeah. now have to share everything with somebody. Yes. It's a big yes. deal. It's, it's no, exactly like I remember looking at houses and John was like giving his input, <laughs> so bad, like, giving his input. I'm like, Oh, we can put this here. We can do this here. And he was just excited, right? Like he was, it was good. He was going to be a first time home homeowner. Yeah. Like he was just excited about it. And I remember being like, he is not going to tell me where to put stuff in the house. <laughs> and I remember having to talk with him about it, but like, in all reality, like it's his house too. House too. It's yeah. I so feel anyway, I feel that. Also, just to say this, I'm and I'm just going to be. I feel like this episode is really just going to be full transparency on like what it actually looks like to be engaged. Because, like I said, you see all these fairy tales. Like I had a fairy tale engagement, which I know I've only shown that part of it on Instagram. But like you don't see all of the background things that we've talked about that I'm going through that he's going through, and so. It is my goal to like allow you to see the realness behind it, but it's also like we're giggling because it's so fun at the same time. It's like a, it is, it's just interesting. But I had this like, not 
not meltdown or anything, but this weird like overcome, like overwhelm of realizing I'm never going to live alone again. So like I just moved out of my mom's house or out of my apartment and moved into my mom's house. And I was like excited for that because I'm moving back in here to save money for the wedding and our honeymoon. And like, it didn't make sense to do a whole nother lease and then move in with Corey after the wedding. And so I moved home, but like in the process of me moving home, I was like, I'm never going to be alone again. Like I'm never going to have my own, my own apartment, my own bed, my own bathroom, my own closet, my own kitchen, my own, like it, it was a weird feeling. And if you're someone who is waiting to move in with your significant other, I highly encourage it because it does just make that experience so much better, but you will feel this. You're going to have that moment of like, I'm about to now share everything with someone for the rest of my life. Like I'm never going to be alone again. Like, and it is a, it's not a bad feeling. I was like, so excited. I was like overwhelmed with joy, but then there was also this like, whoa, I'm now in the, I like felt the shift in my life, like the season ending to my singleness. And it was such a, I don't even know how to explain it. I really don't know how to explain it other than like pure joy and shock all at the same time. But I went through that where I had to kind of, and grief sometimes sounds like a sad thing, but I did, I kind of had to grieve that like, individuality, I guess you could say that I've had for the past golly, six to eight years. Now I've been on my own and doing my own thing and decorating the way I want. And like all the things that we were chuckling about earlier, but yeah, it's real. Like it's a real feeling. And I definitely, now I'm fine. Like I don't feel that at all anymore. I had to feel it and it's past and it, it is what it is, but yeah, it, it was very interesting going through that. It's so funny what you just said, because I can't remember what scripture it is. And I'm literally sitting here trying to look it up, but that's actually biblical there because I remember going through the same thing. And I was talking to one of my friends who had recently gotten married and she said, it's somewhere in scripture. I literally cannot even think of like the words of the verse to even Google it. There's a part of the Bible that talks about like the change of status. Like you're almost mourning because it was just you and God. For so long, oh. it was just you and God, and now it's you and someone else. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we can like find this and post it like in our Facebook group or something like that. Which, by the way, yeah. if you're not in our Facebook group, you should go join our Within Her Soul Facebook group. But yeah, that would make sense. I mean, because it was, it was like a, like it was beautiful. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it wasn't like a panic where I was like, oh my gosh. Because uh, honestly, I don't, I never really like loved being alone, you know, but you, you, are accustomed to it because you have to, you know, and you're never alone. So you have God, but like joining together and becoming one in Christ is a lot different than being alone with Christ by yourself. And so, yeah, it was definitely a shift to say yeah, that. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, on that point, like this is kind of getting on more of like a, like serious note, I guess. Well, I guess all of it's kind of serious, but I struggle with a lot of fear while we were engaged. So like, I struggled with this while we were dating too, but then it really got really bad while we were engaged. Like this, just like this irrational fear of marrying the wrong person. Mm. Like I knew that John like was great for me. And like, I knew like he loved the Lord and he was a born again believer. And like, there was no logical reason whatsoever for me to feel this fear. Like we, Mm. it honestly felt like, I I mean, I shouldn't say we complete each other because Christ complete yeah. us, but like, it felt like we completed each other. Yeah. It was so good. There was no, and I would pray like, Lord, if I'm missing something, like, give me the red flag, like show me why I'm having this feeling. 
And I truly, truly believe it was just the enemy trying to put fear on me to keep it from happening. And so, you know, and then once we got married, that fear went away. (laughs) So yeah, Mm -hmm. I thought that was definitely worth sharing because I've actually talked to other girls who've been through the same thing, like just this fear of marriage because, and you know what, I actually talked to when we went to couples, like uh, premarital counseling before we got married, like I remember telling our, like the pastor, I was like, I'm just struggling with this fear. Like, and he's like, it would actually be odd if you didn't have any fear at all or any nerves at all about it, because this is one of the biggest decisions of your whole life. Like you're gonna, you know, ponder it a lot. And that might cause a little bit of of fear. And if you weren't doing that, then that means you're not taking it seriously. (laughs) So, well, I want to share this too. And this is really personal, even just between me and Corey's relationship, but we had to have conversations about those fears because, and I will say, I think it's so beautiful that you just said you sat in like marriage counseling and shared that because what's going to happen is you keeping that in your heart and not working through that is what causes people to break off engagements that not saying that those aren't, weren't all valid, but also some were just based off fear. And you see in America divorces more than ever, you see people never getting married and just hooking up and just living. Yeah their independent life because they're all they need. And we're seeing those things break more than ever. And it's really interesting because like me and Corey have had the most spiritual war like attack on our relationship than ever before. And if you guys know our story, you know that we've already gone through a lot of this. Like we're actually very strong when it comes to our spiritual, like our guard against the enemy because we had to be but this is the most attack we've ever had. And I was like, Ooh, baby. I was like, we about to do something for the kingdom because he does not want in, like he does not want us to get to the end of this. And so it is just like Sid said, so important one to acknowledge those fears. and know that fear does not come from the Lord, but two, to be praying with your uh, partner. And me and Corey pray every single night that our relationship is his. And I, I encourage everyone to do this because even in the moments where we are being attacked, because it will happen. We know the enemy does that, that the fear does kind of go away a little bit faster. You kind of start reminding yourself, wait a second, this isn't real. Like whatever that is that even said, like you were saying, you're like, I know that he's good for me. I know all these things that's right in front of me. We still get, the enemy still has a stumble sometimes just because he gets joy from that. And it's, you know, evil, but I just want to say like, that is okay. And I love that you brought that up because like me and Corey have had those conversations where we're like, are we ready? Like, why does this feel so heavy? Like is, and it's not because it's wrong. It's heavy because it's right. Mm. Like it's heavy because it's real. It's heavy because you're, it's marriage before God. And we, we take it so seriously. And so I just love that you said that and prayers. Yeah. Pray over it. Give it to people in prayer. Give it to, um, uh, trusted counsel and counseling, like it is so important to kind of release those things because it will, it will help you in that process, not live in that for too long because it does, it will happen. I think it does. I think it actually happens to majority of people at some point for yeah, sure. Yeah, I agree. And you know, another thing that I wanted to talk about is like purity in engagement, because that's just another thing that you will try. You will be attacked on. Oh yeah. I'm not going to keep giving credit where it doesn't need to be given, yeah. but like, it will be a temptation to appear in engagement. I know, especially for us, like, because it's like you all of a sudden have it in your mind, like, Oh, 
I'm going to marry this, but like, I'm going to be with this person for the rest of my life. So all of a sudden you almost feel like you wouldn't feel as convicted if you gave into those pressures. But in all reality, like, even if that is the case, you do (laughs) go through the engagement, get married, which I hope that you do, um, you know, and all that, it doesn't change the word of God. It doesn't change what the word of God says about only having sex with your spouse. And so like, we just had to keep that in mind. And it was, I remember it being hard, like, especially once we bought our house and he didn't move in until we got engaged or we got married. But when we bought our house and COVID, like COVID had just hit quarantine hit and our wedding plans got canceled. Like, cause we got engaged in February, COVID hit in March. We were supposed to get married in May the house in April, I moved in and they were like, well, we don't know when you're going to be able to have your wedding. And I was like, uh, to heck with that. I'm not going to live in this house by myself for who knows how long when both of our names are on it. And anyway, I don't know. I just went down a rabbit trail, but like, basically it just made it all that much harder yeah. for like me to be here at this house and him be coming over to his own house where we're going to be leaving. <laughs> yeah. And like, it just made the temptation work like harder yeah. and so I literally said, to heck with this. I don't know when we're going to be able to get married. So let's get married next Friday. I swear those are my exact words. And we planned a wedding and we got married in our backyard the next Friday. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And that's how it should be, honestly. I mean, I, I always went back and forth with like long engagements. And honestly, a lot of biblical counseling will tell you not to do long engagements. And even whenever we signed up for our uh, counseling in our church, that was the first question. They're like, why are y'all waiting so long? You know, we have our own reasons for that. And we express those. And he goes, okay. He's like, as long as you have a reason for that, because we know the temptation is real during this time. Like, and honestly, always, you know, but I think even for me and Corey, like we had already had sex, you know, when we first started dating. And so cutting out, you know, our, our sex life, like abruptly like that, we went through our own kind of like hiccups in that moment. And I think we thought we were okay until we got engaged. And it was like, whoa, I was like, I haven't like, like I said, I'm always attracted to him and things like that. But like, knowing that he was going to be my husband and knowing that we're like, there's a countdown now and the countdown, there's something about knowing how much time you have left till you're married. You're like, it's awful. It's like, literally, I don't know how to explain it. But it's also so exciting. At the same time, it's like, I definitely feel like me and him like when we cut it off in the beginning, it was obviously hard, but we, we got through it and now we understand. And now it's so much easier for us to know, like we're honoring each other in that way. And temptation got a lot easier, but yeah, it, it definitely has its up and downs and like our boundaries actually kind of doubled after engagement. So like we used to be able to do certain things without that temptation. And now we can't, I'll be really honest. I make out with my fiance maybe once a week because we can't, Like, and to some people that's absurd. Like they're like, what? But like, I know that we have that affection. I know it's there. It's just, we cannot do that right now. And most of the time it's outside. Like we can't make out in his apartment. And I'm just being really transparent here because it happens, you know, it's so easy. And so temptation is real, but I will say, I do not think me and Corey would have the relationship we do now without taking sex out of the relationship. So if you're questioning that we have a whole episode on purity it only it does get harder once you're engaged but it also makes i know it's going to make our wedding night and like our rest of our marriage and that intimacy will have so much greater 
And I know you can attest to that as well, but I I'm wouldn't have it any other way for that. But it is, it's hard. The struggle is real. I was going to say it will, you will be so glad that you waited. Like it'll be so much more special and God really just, he blesses your marriage because of that. Like I always have to remind myself, like God doesn't tell us to do things in the Bible because he's just sitting up in heaven wanting to point his finger and tell us what to do just to boss us around. Like he literally tells us and gives us praise God, like praise him that he gives us these guidelines in this book because he knows what's best for us. It's just like a parent who, and I won't get too off too much off on this topic, but like, just like a parent telling their kids not to do something and the kid wants to do it because it looks fun. And the parent's like, no, I'm not telling you to not to do that because I don't want you to have fun. I'm telling you not to do that because it's not what's best for you. And so yeah, we just can't yeah. question God. We just have to trust that. And I want to add something else to this really quickly, because this is something that like has stuck with me. Whenever you take out uh, sex in the relationship, let me tell you, like you will learn how to become so much more intimate with the person that you're with. And there will be seasons. And I already know this because I have so many married friends. There will be seasons in your marriage where you're not having sex every day or every week, you know, or whatever that is. And so much of our identity is in sex nowadays where, and I'm speaking for myself, like I was having sex with men because it made me feel like I was wanted. Now I don't have that association anymore. I don't need sex to make me feel valid. But whenever we're getting into marriages, And now you're only having sex for one person for the rest of your life. If that person is disconnected from you and doesn't have sex with you at this time that you wanted it, you now have a strike at your value whenever we know our values in Christ. And so something that really helped me and Corey through this time of purity, I know who I am in Christ. He knows who he is in Christ. Sex is a gift. It is not a tool of manipulation to feel value. It's a servant act of love and like it it just changes your perspective on sex so much that now I feel like when I go into marriage sex is great I'm excited to have it but it's not this like I'm having a bad day and I'm feeling self-conscious I need sex for you to validate me because a lot of us women go through that and it's so normal um also something I heard that was really interesting whenever we have babies there's actually a long period of time where you don't get to have sex and a lot of marriages go through and this is something that someone did a study on that the biggest part of uh tension between a husband and a wife is the weeks after a wife having a baby because she can't have sex she can't have that intimate time with her husband and they were used to having sex whenever they wanted all the time. And so they were also talking about this gap in like what we call our purity season also strengthens you for things like trauma, for things like, you know, babies, things, things that might cause you to not be able to give sexually for whatever reason. It might be health. It might like, I always think about like my family and my, what my family went through with my dad being sick. Like if you, if you depend on sex for that intimacy, you will struggle in life because you're going to go through things, you know? And so I definitely think sex is a beautiful gift. Don't get me wrong, but I definitely feel like knowing how to be intimate outside of it helps so much in a marriage. And that is what purity has done for us. I'm able to feel intimacy without just that. And so, yeah, went off a tangent on that, but I definitely wanted to give Mm -hmm. some perspective on why purity isn't just lack of sex because God wants you to struggle. It is a character building, emotional 
strengthening. I don't even know how to explain it in the words and the heaviness that I think God sees it um, for marriage. It is, it really is a tool to help your marriage. And I think that's why godly relationships that wait are blessed in marriage because they did go through that purity season. So enough on that, but no, 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 no. Like as you're sitting here talking about that, I'm trying to remember this like statistic or not statistic, but I guess it is a statistic that our uh, counselor had given us before we were getting married. And I don't, I'm hesitating even saying it because I don't want to say it wrong, but I'm just going to throw it out there because it's, it's something like this. If you, (laughs) if you and your spouse were to have sex for 60 minutes a day, like one straight hour, which who does that? (laughs) First of all, that's a lot of sex every single day for 60 minutes. For the rest of your life, it would still only be like 1% of your marriage. Wow. Yeah. Or something. And I'm sitting here like trying to do the numbers and like figure out if it's 1%, but it's something really small. Yeah. Compared so to the amount of time that you would spend with your spouse and get to know them and want to enjoy their company. And that's yes. why I, it's so, and I honestly, like I have such a heart for this because y'all I'm not, I would not be labeled as pure growing up, like I was not that girl. And I'm very transparent about it. Even in my testimony, I am now praise Jesus, but I would have just married someone for good sex because I thought that was important. And if you're struggling with this, if you think you need to test the waters, if you think you like, come talk to me, please come talk to me because I will tell you, like, I love Corey more than I ever have after stop having sex with him, which is so interesting, you know, but it's because like you just said, like, there's so much more that like, we put so much weight on that. And we spend all our time doing it whenever we don't know how to communicate, or we don't know how to work through fights. That's one thing me and Corey are like, when we fight, and we have an argument, we don't get to go make up. Like, we just, that's it, you know, and it but it helps it helps us realize that like, we don't need that all the time. To get us through life. And that's where we're at, even as a society you, as a whole. It's crazy. Yeah. You learn to actually like talk it out. Yes. Because not- I'll tell you right now in marriage, like every time you have a fight, you're not, you think that you're going to go have this amazing makeup sex after. But what happens if you have a fight and then you have to go to work or something? Like it's just yeah. not always the case. No, you have to know how to communicate. Yes. <laughs> and I think that is really the whole point of this purity talks. I know I didn't even expect us to talk about it this much, but it actually is so so important because there is so many lessons and things that you work through as an engaged couple or as a dating couple through that season of not a lot, not getting to do that. And I, you said it so well, it's not that God's sitting up there just saying like, I don't want you to do this. It's he's actually forming us into being good husbands and wives. He mm-hmm. wants us to see that sex was always a gift. It was never, like I said, a manipulation tool to be served. It's to serve someone else and being able to do that in a marriage is like the most beautiful thing. It was the, it was the ultimate gift of marriage. And so, yeah, it understanding what sex actually meant actually has helped us a lot with not having it. And it took a lot of breaking down my past trauma, his, and realizing why sex was so toxic in the beginning. Because you don't think it's toxic when you love the person. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, I love them so much, so it's fine. I'm not being used or I'm not using them. But like. 
deep down, there's some stuff that might be going on that you don't even realize is happening. And that was my experience. And so no matter how much I loved Corey, I still had to work through that. And now I'm so excited I did that because I know I'm not bringing that into our marriage. So really good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. So we are going to go into our soul scriptures. And so our first one is Hebrews 13, four, and it says, let marriage be held in honor among all. Let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexual immoral and adulterous. And so this kind of just goes into say like what we were just talking about, that the marriage bed truly is and I, and I also want to say, I think this is also meaning marriage bed in the covenant of marriage altogether. It doesn't just mean the bed that you sleep in with your husband, but like they're saying the marriage bed as a whole, the marriage foundation is to be undefiled, meaning, and this goes into lust and to everything else. Like you want to be as pure as you can coming into marriage. And Jesus is the only one that can do that for us. It's not just sexually. There's so many other things that we have to, you know, get rid of that we carry with us every day and we don't have to carry that stuff. But I definitely feel like the scripture is a reminder of how mar- how much we should honor marriage and how much we respect it. And we hold it to the greatest amount of honor that we can, because it's crazy. We don't see that very often anymore. Like, I just think about all the marriages that failed day in and day out. And it's because it's a choice to work on them, you know, like it's just, it's interesting. People are just trying to get married as quick as they can. They're like, I just have to get married by 22 or I'm not making it in life. You know, I had that thought if I wasn't married and had kids by 25, I was doing something wrong. It's just like marriage is such an honor. And if we yeah. treated it like that, like if we held it to that highest, like of respect, I do think we would wait a little bit longer, but also make sure that we're who we need to be before as well, getting into that. But well, for sure. And we kind of touched on this topic, you know, surrounding this verse a little bit earlier, but Ecclesiastes 4.9 says that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And it's kind of just like we're talking about like you know, we have to remember when we're going through arguments or just tough times or challenges, whatever it is that, um, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh, flesh and blood, like Ephesians six twelve says, and this verse Ecclesiastes four, nine is telling us that marriage is such a good thing. It's so good for you to be married with this person, to have that person, to keep you warm, to pick up when you're down or pick you up when you're down and vice versa. And so the enemy's going to try to attack that because he doesn't want anything good in your life. He hates you. Yeah. He hates you and he hates your spouse, your fiance, and he wants to destroy you, but he's a cockroach that you can literally step on and squash. He ain't nothing. Yeah. So you got to just remember the truth. Yeah. Mm, so good. The next one is Ephesians 5, 22 through 28. And this one says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do the Lord. For the husband is the heel of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And this is, I mean, we hear this scripture 
so often around marriage and like, there's so much controversy over submitting to your husband and all the things, you know, but I actually just talked with someone yesterday about this and he was telling me that there's so many men that don't understand the word submission when it comes to their wives. And really the whole biblical concept of man and wife was that Adam was the Adam went to God. God made Adam and Adam was the first direct access to God made in his image. And then God made Eve out of Adam. So there is this hierarchy of God, Adam, and then Eve. And Eve was supposed to feel safe enough. And this is the key word safe. When we talk about submission, you want to have your spouse be your safety net of like, you guys are going to God together, but he is the voice of God for you. And I think this is really hard because God still talks to us women. I don't want to take that away, but in the biblical concept, if we're just going off the word, the Lord will speak through your husband or your future husband for you. And it's biblical, you know? And so being able to submit also to your husband is saying you want him to partner with you and going before Christ on anything that you're struggling with, anything that you're going through. And I think this was really a foundation for husbands and wives to be united. So when you're submitting to your husband and he's submitting to you, you now are are submitting before the Lord um, together, you know, and if this is out of balance, that's when you have problems, but wives going into marriage. And this is something I'm praying about daily because I am Miss Independent. Like even Corey talking about me submitting something to him or it cringes me. And I'm like, Lord, help me, help me not even hate those words. Like that is a beautiful thing to submit to my husband in this way. Like, why is that such a problem for me? And I'm realizing it's, it was this feminist and I'm going to be just really honest. It was this like feminist movement for me where I was like, no, women can do all things by themselves. We don't need men to do these things for us. And that is not okay because God is actually saying, no women, we need men and men need women. Like we need each other. And we it's beautiful when we see that we need each other. So submission is beautiful. Whenever the submission is also being done by the husband submitting to Christ Um, and so, yeah, I love this scripture. It's one that I actually read quite often because I do feel like I'm constantly asking, asking God to talk to me through it because I, I struggled with this in the beginning. Um, but yeah, I do think it's beautiful. I think it's a beautiful picture of what the, the roles are in uh, husband and wives and how they're both equally so important when it comes to being in a marriage. I love that. You just explained that so well. And you know, obviously, like if you're engaged, you're not married quite yet, but it's really a good thing to go ahead and start treating it like you were married to start yeah. submitting to your husband and um, honoring and respecting his requests and things like that. And letting him also show you that godly and husband like love that we see here. And so yeah. um, just going ahead and putting that into play while you were engaged or are engaged is just going to make your marriage even better. Yeah. Um, And men are born leaders too. And I think we forget that because of what we do see society acting like in the worldly, but like, if you're here and you're a Christian and you're marrying a godly man, um, and maybe you're not. And if you need to kind of work through that with somebody message us anytime, but like, I'm going to talk to just the women marrying Christian men. So men who already have submitted their lives to the Lord, trust that they're going to lead your family. Don't undermine them. If they have Christ and they're going to Christ for everything, you're now undermining Christ because the Lord will talk to your husband or your future husband. 
I've been, I mean, like I said, I'm going through this myself. So trust that the Lord, because the Lord will go to your husband as the leader of the home, because that's how God intended it to be, you know, through generations and generations and generations. So I do, I do have to pray quite often, Lord, don't make, don't let me intervene in what you're telling Corey for both of us, because I will, I am the queen of that. So it's hard. It's definitely not an easy task, but it is so important to kind of release that because it will, it'll be a happier marriage, I believe. But yeah, yeah. That's a really great reminder, even for me, um, as a already married woman, but I remember, um, a life coach that I had one time while John and I were dating, she put it this way. She said, don't trust John, trust God with John. Yes. That was so smart. I love that. I also read this and we'll just keep throwing all these things out. You Mm -hmm. know, as women, we're natural nurturers. We're natural controllers because we are divine instinct is to help. We're the helpers. Helping is distorted with control because Satan, if Satan can make us control, then we are now out of God's will. So it's like, it all makes sense why we're like this. And so if you can just understand it in the biblical term, in the spiritual realm, you're going to realize, okay, I'm not crazy. These are just things that everyone goes through. But something that I heard was no one loves anyone in your family, your husband, your kids more than God does. So when you're trying to, to be the helper in the family, I always ask myself, am I helping or am I controlling? Because I know God loves my husband, Corey, my fiance, I call him my husband, I'm like already calling him my husband, but I know God loves Corey more than I love Corey. And that's hard for me to, to comprehend. But whenever I'm trying to do all the things and make all the decisions, I'm now taking control because I don't want anything to to happen or hurt him or hurt us or hurt our future or hurt, you know, whatever it is. And it's just a reminder that that's why he's calling us to submit, because if we can submit to our husbands, we release that control. We're now the helper because that's what we were, you know, and that doesn't mean the help. That doesn't mean you're just cooking and cleaning and you're just the help, you know, hear me very closely to that. Like we have a divine role for our husbands and we do way more than just housework, you know, but anyways, different episode. Um, but yeah, it's a good reminder just to submit to your husband in that way, because you're also submitting to Christ at the same time, just like you would to Christ on a daily basis. So I love that. Yeah. So wise Joe. All right. So we have just a short and simple soul assignment for you today. And what we want to suggest that you do is just simply write out a prayer for your engagement or your future engagement. If there's anything that we talked about today that stuck out to you or any of the scriptures that you think that maybe you want to pray over, that you need to pray over for your engagement, then go ahead and do that. Yeah. I also want to tag something to this. If you are engaged, um, I encourage you to ask your fiance if you guys can pray together daily over your, your engagement. Um, and it can go something super simple of just like, Lord, like we love you. We are so honored to get to come into a covenant together for you. We give you our relationship. We give you this marriage. We give you this engagement. Protect us from any spiritual attack from the enemy. Continue to teach us how to be more like you so that we can teach uh, or so that we can be better for each other. Something just a simple prayer like that every single day. I promise you, you will have 
such a <laughs> encouraging engagement season. Um, and it's awkward at first if you don't pray out loud with your spouse. Um, it even was for me and Corey when we started doing this, but it definitely now it's a given and it, it helped a lot. So write your prayers out. But then I'd also take that even a little further and just say, go ask your fiance, say, hey, we're going to pray together every day, once a day over your relationship. So that's awesome. Love it. I will pray us out and we hope that you join us next week. Yes. Lord, I just want to pray over Jordan and over any woman that will be listening to this podcast that is engaged or is hoping to be engaged soon or know she will be engaged soon. Lord, I I just know that that can be such a fun, exciting time. It can also be such a challenging time. So I pray that you be with her um, and give her strength, give her and her fiance so much godly wisdom, help them to reach out to you and to seek you above all else, above, above any type of worldly like education or information, but they would seek you and your word. Um, and that you would speak to them through your Holy Spirit. And we thank you that that, that that will happen. And we just rebuke, we bind and rebuke the enemy and any fear that may try to come against them. And um, we thank you for giving them just a completely peaceful, happy engagement, full of excitement. And that when the day comes that they get married, that they will be able to look back and know that they enjoyed it as much as they possibly could. And Last thing I want to say is I just pray that you help them to continue resisting that temptation and just keep showing them how sweet their marriage is going to be as they continue submitting it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening in this week. Just for hanging out with us, we want to give you a free gift. Go to withinhersoul.co slash freebie to grab your free quiet time template. This will be your guide during your alone time with Jesus. You'll journal your highs and lows, record your prayers, and you'll be able to express how you feel the Lord is speaking to you every time you spend time with Him. It's extremely helpful if you're needing some guidance on how to find a quiet time routine that works for you. And before you go, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever miss a new episode. You can also catch us at withinhersoul.co on Insta. We'd love for you to message us and let us know how we can pray for you. This is the Within Her Soul podcast. We can't wait to chat with you next week. See you then.